Welcome to the Run Your Mouth Podcast with your girl, Key, where we talk about anything and everything has substance, from celebrity gossip, news you can use, and the power of the almighty dollar. You can hear it here first in the audio trap house in less than an hour. Wednesday, right? So welcome to the Run Your Mouth Podcast with your girl Key on this What the Fuck Wednesday. Normally this is my day when I just talk about all the crazy stuff in the world, um, celebrity foolishness, daily foolishness, background foolishness, next door foolishness, work foolishness, just society foolishness. And I'm still going to do it today, but we're also going to cover, um, Something a little more touching and a little more serious. But it's still a what the fuck moment. Because it's a lot going on. We, we we are really three years into a pandemic. I don't think people have really just sat down and processed that we are in a recession. And people just going on about their day like, what the fuck? So let's get right to it. I hope y'all enjoy this quick 20-30 minute session. With your girl, as I point out some things in this crazy, crazy world. First line of business today, we still in masks. We are still in masks. Why are we still wearing masks three years later after deaths and illness, hospitalization? It's not real brilliant, is it? Not real brilliant at all. First thing that, that baffles me is the mask requirements in the restaurants. Okay. So you go into the restaurant, you have to have on a mask to stand five minutes and wait for um, seating. Then you're seated and you take your mask off and sit for two hours and eat. Hmm. Look to your left and look to your right. Look behind you. Look in front of you. A room full of people doing the same thing. So did the, did the virus stop when, when you start eating food? I don't get it. Who's whose brilliant ideas is this to ride in your car still with mask on? It's hotter than five strippers and four holes in a watermelon field outside. And people still wearing masks everywhere they go. And we are almost three years into this pandemic and um, we're still getting positive COVID tests daily. People are still getting sick. So I, I just, I, I'm not the expert in that, but um, I just don't think that the mask is the, is the answer. And think about, are we going to sleep in them? So when you're sleeping and you're breathing air, other people's air, if you sleep with other people, uh, you go to hotels, you go out and about to venues, take your mask off to drink, you take your mask off to eat, you take your mask off even to talk. So now what's the effectiveness of wearing it? I, I just don't get it. You know, to each their own, you have some radical people who just won't even, they won't even, they probably take a shower with the mask on. Who knows? Um, They're so hell bent on thinking that that's, that's fixing something two and a half years later. Okay. Yeah, sure. When, personally, when I have my mask on, my O2 level is low. I take it off. I can breathe because you get, can you, I'm not a bandit and I'm not a bank robber. So why am I running around masked up all day, every day? Imagine 12, 8, 12 hour jobs. You're wearing masks all day. It's not healthy for your skin. 
It's not healthy for your res- respiratory system. It's not. It's just not healthy at all. I don't. I don't know whose idea this was. My allergies has never been so bad. My sinuses have never been so bad as they have been in the last couple of years. And I can. I attribute it to mask wearing twenty four seven. Damn. We are in these masks. We are covered. How can we breathe? Whose idea was this? I mean, I can understand the first year we didn't really know much about um, how this this virus was being transferred from one individual to the next um, the 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 droplet how how far you could be or how close you need to be to somebody to, to get you know affected by airborne pro- uh, particles but now two and a half three years in it, it's not working it's just not working um I think it's it's causing more harm to some people who have pre-existing causes than it is helping them but you can't get people to understand common sense you don't sleep covered. You need to breathe. You need to breathe fresh air. Your air is filtered. Uh, the little particles, the, the, the dust, the little fabrics in the mask. It's all in your nose. It's, it's on your face. It's irritating. It's an irritant. So I just don't really get it. It's almost like, and no pun intended, the last meal on death row. Why do you need to be full? You're going to avoid and defecate anyway. Why do you need a last meal? Well, whose idea was that? That wasn't brilliant. So now everybody uh, sitting out watching. Not only did they watch people get electrocuted when they were using the electric chair. They also watched them shitting pants. So yeah, that didn't make sense. Why did we need tissue if we were going to be in a pandemic? If we were all expecting to have a bad outcome? Why did we need so much tissue? If you, some stuff just don't make sense. It just make you say, what the fuck? And that's the whole point of today's episode. What the fuck do people think about? Some people you look at and you just have to just say, are you all there? Are you okay? Is it is it registering to you in your head? Let it let all the stuff that you say and do resonate. Are you okay? Just sit, look look to the person on your left and your right. Sometimes just ask them if they're okay. It's okay to say, ma'am or sir, take your mask off in your car. It's hot. You want to breathe? Just take your mask off. People still sneezing and coughing, and it's like the world come to an end when you see a person cough. They were coughing before, and you weren't having a fit. Let's let's get past this. We got to figure out how to get past this because. Um, me personally, I think it's weird that we are still going into places where that's mandated. I, when I come, when I walk up to stores and they had them big signs up saying "must wear," "required," I, I'm done. I'm going somewhere else. I'm done. I'm not I'm not coming in here and just fought through traffic, fought through heat. Now I gotta fight around trying to be visible in this store with my mask crawling up to my eyes, pinching it around my nose every 15 seconds because it's, it's stretched out of place. I'm coughing. I can't breathe. Particles going down my throat. Oh no, it's, I'm sorry. It's too much. It's too, too much. We, it's not necessary. And you know, as soon as, as soon as the gas prices went up, people started buying water and, and tissue. I, I, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? I mean, if your gas is too high for you, I, I, granted, you're probably going to stay home more. So you probably will use more tissue. So I guess that wouldn't be such a what the fuck moment. But I really don't understand the rationale of stockpiling items like that. You're not going to eat tissue. Um, so, yeah, I, I dig a hole and poop in the ground before I go and stock up on all that tissue. I'm going to try to be keeping me something nourishing in my body to keep me thriving and keep me living, not wiping my butt. So y'all don't start back buying all this tissue. Okay. Now to get to a more serious matter at hand. I know we all woke up 
but it was Saturday morning, I think, um, to the Amber Alerts. Whew. We all said it. Even if you didn't say it out loud, we all said it. And then Sunday hit with the boom bang. This is Georgia Amber Alerts. I don't know if the Amber Alerts go all over the country at once or if it's just by state. I have to look that up and see. I'm not because I just get them all the time. So normally I, I go right into prayer when I hear the Amber Alert. I'm like, oh, goodness. But it was like three or four of them back to back. And I'm like, who's messing with all these people? Kids, leave these kids alone. Where are these, where are these parents? What's going on? It was like really three or four Amber Alerts back to back up to like three o'clock in the morning. Walked into work. Everybody's groggy. Like, oh, did y'all get out of Amber Alerts? Did y'all hear um, this, that? Uh, one lady was like, I turned my phone off. I was so aggravated. And I was like, well, in the daytime when I get Amber Alerts, I immediately start looking around. You know, I'm, I'm trying to do my due diligence. I'm, I'm looking at the, the cars, the license plate, truck, whatever comes across um, as the um, vehicle that we need to look out for. So I actually started looking around and paying attention. But when I'm home and in bed, no, I ain't jumping up, running outside to the parking lot, but I, I'm still concerned. My, it heightens my concern and, and it bothers my spirit. So particularly this weekend, I was very bothered or last weekend when the Amber Alert came across and then to wake up and find out that this young man killed his one-year-old daughter. What the fuck, right? And not so much um, at the point, at the, I don't know if I, I was more bothered by the fact that he's a young man, um, 33, 34 years old, killed his one-year-old baby, his baby's mother, and then he killed himself. He shot her, the daughter's mother, which is the grandmother of the child. Um, there was an 11 and a 12 year old child, uh, children present in the home as well. And I, apparently the grandmother was trying to keep him from getting, he had already shot the mother of the child and she was trying to prevent him from uh, taking the one-year-old baby, which was his baby as well. So he shot her several times, took the baby, proceeded to, um, flee with the baby. And then he went to another town, called the police in that, in that county and told them that he was going to kill himself. They heard the gunshots, went to the location, found and by GPS to find that he had already killed the one-year-old daughter and then um, turned around and committed suicide. Uh, this, this topic really touched me because he was a young black man. And we all know that the suicide homicide rate in the black community is rising, especially with black men. The mental health and during this crisis, during during the, the pandemic, being in the house, losing jobs, not knowing from one day to the next if you're going to be healthy, watching people you love die, um, not having adequate health care, not having proper facilitation of how to combat such a such an illness and such a such a desolate time for everybody. We we just we already in a community where we're impoverished. Um the black community is is impoverished. We we're, we're living in areas in urban areas where we're just not having the resources and we don't have the same um benefits as other areas. And that's not that's nothing that's a secret. It's been like that. Um crime rate elevated and nobody checked on these black men. And as a black woman, I'm I'm telling you, check on the black man. We gotta start checking on the black man. Um when a man can take his the life of his one year old child and, and all the details are not um up front yet. from what, what has been reported they had, um, she was seeking a temporary protective order. He had previously had a do not contact orders um, against her um, or she had one against him for domestic violence, which we know is real. Uh, he had a previous record for battery and um, 
family violence. So nobody really knows what, what triggered this incident, but clearly he had some problems. Some problems that was not recognized or either was looked over um, or not addressed properly. Because let's face it, prison and jail don't fix mental illness. God medicine recognizing it and accountability helps mental illness locking somebody up in a cage won't necessarily fix what's going on in their head it's probably going to make it worse if you don't address it and properly um treat it get the pro give the person the proper attention is 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 very prevalent in the black community because it's things that we don't talk about we don't talk about mental illness and um men being abused or if they're suffering from lack of finances um you know pride gets in the way they don't want to discuss different things with different people because they don't want to look down as being or be looked upon as being a failure so um unfortunately those things are increasing the suicide numbers in the black community it's particularly in the young black community because for one y'all have so much peer pressure so much pressure to fit in and so much pressure to be like social media and the things you're seeing it's making you depressed it's the stigma that that impedes our black community um that keep keep a lot of our young black men from seeking help they don't want to look weak they don't want to feel like they're crazy or be looked upon from their peers that they're crazy so who's catching this issue before it becomes a problem you got men out here killing their babies killing the baby mamas killing themselves killing themselves more than anything it's gotten that bad a black man who already has the weight of the world on his shoulder. And and I'm, I'm not taking away from the fact that we as black women have had to fight the fight as well. But we do know that it's not as hard for us. It's not. We, we, we can get on social media. We can talk about, oh, we get it out the mud. But it's, it's simply not as hard for us as it is for the black man. And we have to address that. And we have to stop tooting our own horn and trying to act like we can't, we don't have to reach out to these men and help these men. You know, two of the, the most devastating suicides um, that happened in the black community this year was the Miss USA. She was an activist in, in the entertainment business. Chelsea Christ. What, what, what was she going through? Young girl. Then Regina King's son. That really shocked the nation. Nice looking 26 year old uh, man. Right, right. Days. Killed himself uh, days after his birthday. So something was going on. You normally your birthday is the happiest time of the year. You know, you celebrate your birth, your life. Everybody turn up on their birthday. This man took his life. This lady took her life. And the black community is increasing. And we are overlooking the signs. We are overlooking the pain. We're overlooking counseling. Black men, get counseling. Talk to somebody. Don't talk to your friends. Your homie having the same problem you having. Don't talk to your mama. She probably don't understand. We are not black men. Find you some support groups. Find you a counselor. Find you a person, a spiritual person that you respect, you trust, and take your problem somewhere besides your head. Because it's, it's full and it's too much. It's way too much. And we are not addressing it properly. Signs are being mis missed. Especially when you um, come out of incarceration. You know, the jail is full with black men who have been failed by the system. And, and, and it's impending on, upon us that unfortunately they get out and the world fails them. Society fails them. They have a hard time finding a job, um, homes, just getting it together. 
and they try to figure it out, try to try to get back into the swing of things, but things aren't the same. They're just not the same. And social media is killing them because you 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 get a man, a black man who already had problems um, making it in society, and then he get out and he see cars on on twenties and and you know everybody jumping out with Balenciagos and gold chains, and they trying to catch up. They trying to figure it out. Another bombastic move, another breakdown, another slap in the face. Because I can't even get nobody to give me a job. You know, let alone talking about having a relationship. Because women of today are corporate. Women of today, black women of today, get into it. So imagine a man feeling inadequate financially, mentally, and emotionally. That's a big bump. That's a big bump. How do we address this? How do we prevent this, this type of mindset from keeping the black man from moving forward and getting help with the things that, that they're faced with. How do we? we talk about it amongst ourselves? But are we talking to them? Are we truly, truly talking to them? Poverty is bad. Poverty in the black community is driving people insane. Because who wants to work for the rest of their life and still have the exact same thing you had 20 years ago? Nobody. So we got to start building our communities and growing our communities and creating revenue in our businesses. Got so many black owned businesses, but are we really making money or are we just making money for other people? We got to start making our money grow in our community as well so that we can help each other. Black men are dealing with racism. You know, they're exposed to more violence than, than your suburban neighborhood. There ain't no liquor stores on the corners. Ain't nobody hanging out in the traps. Um, but of course, the crime rate is going to be higher in, in the urban communities. And they're exposed to that and witnessing that and living in these communities with that that unaddressed trauma as little boys growing up as teens and then men who still have that unaddressed trauma. And they take it out on somebody. And nine times out of ten, they're taking it out on the people they live with at home. How do you how do you wake up in the morning and decide today I'm going to kill my one year old child? That bothered me so bad. And it should bother you. You should want to reach over and check on your black man. I don't care if it's your brother, your cousin, your uncle, your son, your father. Check on your black man and make sure he's okay. Extend your hand. And 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 I'm I'm sometimes we are we we country uh indicate ourselves as black women because we're so hard on the black man because we have we have figured out how to get it out the blood. We have figured out how to make it easier for us, but at the same time we're not black men. So we, we nag and we push and we fuss and we fight and we argue and we, we demand and blase, blase, not knowing that we are aiding and abetting the trauma in the head of a black man. We are aiding and abetting the inadequate feeling of a black man being able to take care of his home without being told, being able to handle his business without excessive guidance from a black woman. And it's not a bad thing to mold and guide your man or show him um, that you have his back, that you're there morally to support everything or anything that he does or wants to do righteously. But sometimes we have to filter it out and figure out how to deliver that support without getting in the way growth as well. Get in the way sometimes and it's not good. Every black man that I that I speak with and I I, I ask them what's the problem? You know, what what if you if you could do anything, what would you do as a black man in America? And most of them can't answer. They don't know. They so stuck they don't know no, they don't, they don't even know where to begin to dig out of the rut that they've been in for so long. And I know I, even myself, I'm guilty of it. I've, I've looked at them and been like, okay, you throwing a pity party. Don't nobody owe you nothing. But at the end of the day, yeah, society, you owe them something. You owe them something. You owe them everything. And it's time we get it. And the only way we going to get it and make sure they got it 
Because we get it together. We combat it together. We go about it differently. We attack the situation and we start demanding that the same resources that the, the white community, the Asian community, and every other race have when it comes down to medication, mental health, counseling, insurance, make sure it's given to the black community and the black man as well. We have to assure that he can go and get the help he needs without having to go on the corner and tell all his homies his business, get bad advice. Go see professionals, people who can, or strangers, people who won't judge you. So it doesn't get to the point that it got to with this young man this past weekend where he felt he had no other avenue to take but to kill his child, kill the child's mother, kill himself. And I'm not sure if he shot the 11 and 12 year old that was in the house. I think I read on um, the Henry Herald that he shot them all. But I only saw where the mother was uh, hospitalized still. And one of the kids actually told who it was. And the mother was able to tell who it was, which she called anyway and told on herself. How hard can life have gotten for you, you to take this baby's life? Just a baby. And in such a malice way. A gunshot? A gunshot to a one-year-old baby. Life had to get bad in his head. That's what the fuck to me. Like, what the fuck was you going through? Who failed you? Who could you not talk to? Who could you not go and get help from? from? And why are you so angry? Black man, why are you so angry? Don't be angry at the black woman. Don't be angry at your mother. Don't be angry at your father if he wasn't in your life because the cycle kept kept going. It kept going and going and going. And he probably dealt with the same thing you dealing with. And his father dealt with the same thing he dealt with his father and so on and so forth. It kept going. The cycle kept going and going and going. And it's not breaking. TV, social media, and rap music cannot be primary source of rearing our black children, our black boys, especially. They ain't talking about nothing. They ain't talking about nothing. Half of them talking about stuff that they ain't done. The other half talking about stuff that ain't going to never be done. And the other half talking about whatever makes record sales. Get your shit together. And they crazy too. They're mentally unstable too. Because it's a facade. Get out the fairy tale. Get out of the la la land. You know, and you got your black girls who are out here mentally unstable as well. Because they're looking at social media and trying to figure out how to be somebody else. In a community that you barely have figured out how to be you. Barely know how to connect with your own culture and your own family and your own race. But you're trying to be like somebody else. You're trying to look like Kylie Kardashian or whatever Jenner, whatever her name is, you, you figure out who you are first. And that might help with your with your mental stability. When you look in the mirror and say, like Mary J said, good morning, gorgeous black man and black woman, you just might start to believe that you are perfect just like you are. Work on it, whatever you want to work on, but start upstairs. You got to start upstairs in your head and work on that. Your mental health is wealth. You can have all the money in the world. All the, You can get the biggest record deal in the world. If you're mentally unstable, you will be unstable. Nothing will combat that. Look at Will. Will lost it. He lost it because he's mentally unstable. It's not violent. He's not a bad man. He's just mentally unstable. A black man living in a white man's world trying to do great and just haven't had the ability to fall apart. Because he's always trying to be great. And a lot of black men are out here trying to live behind their brokenness. You're trying to figure out how to be great to somebody else and everybody else and your your boys, your woman, your community. When you haven't figured out how to be great for you. 
because you're battling. You're battling in a, in a cycle that's repeatedly knocked you down. Don't let it run you crazy. Somebody out there cares. Somebody out there will grab you by the hand, sit you down, talk to you, help you find the resources that you need. And we're going to get through this and we're going to take our mask off and get through it together. We'll take the mask off so we can breathe. The last thing we need is to be crazy and we can't breathe, right? We need fresh air mentally. See, all that wraps it up for What the Fuck Wednesday. Um, Didn't want to take it so serious, but that really was a what the fuck moment for me. When I heard the Amber Alert, I was like, what in the F-U-C-K has this man done? Because we all say it and we all know it and not to disrespect any other race, but normally we like black men don't do that. We don't, we don't go on killing sprees. We don't kill our kids. You may not be in the home with them and you may not be taking care of them, but you ain't killing them. You know, you, you, you babysit, you at least go get them and claim them. We ain't killing them. We don't kill our kids. We don't go crazy. We handle stuff. We deal with stuff. That's what everybody was thinking. Everybody was saying it and everybody was thinking it. And today I'm speaking it out loud. Like this is really becoming a problem. It's it's elevating black men, black women between the ages of 17, 35, taking their lives over things that we can address. Because think about it. Many black people went through worse. Be thankful that we missed the slave era. We missed the cotton field era. We missed the tobacco having to go out in the tobacco field era i mean if they go today it's just because they want to but it ain't because you got to get up at four o'clock in the morning and go i don't even know what a tobacco field looked like to be honest and now i'm right here in georgia i'm gonna go find one so i can see so i want to know now but just just think about and if any of my listeners are between those ages you really really don't have it as bad as you may think you have it but i understand that your head is bad so seek help Talk to somebody. Tell somebody what you're going through before it it, it takes control and you do something that you would absolutely never, ever, ever, definitely won't be able to take back committing suicide. But if you hurt somebody else and go behind them walls, that's where you sit. That's where you stay. That's where you spend many, many years of your life. And we can get back everything that we have in this life, but we can never, ever get back time. When it's gone, it's gone. But you can't build in the time you have left. Let's start building those blocks start stepping on top of those problems let's crush these goals let's speak some life into the black man cater to him listen to him hold his hand let him know that he can cry let's tap into this feminine side of the black man so that y'all can open up tell us what y'all going through because we know it's real but you got people who do care and we care over here at run your mouth podcast thank you for listening again this is what the fuck wednesday make sure you tune in next week with our regularly scheduled episodes and maybe get some news you can use hear a little chit chat talk about the power of the almighty dollar because we talk about anything everything has substance i'm out